everyone. You're listening to Ed Young Radio, Ed Pastors Fellowship Church, and we want to thank you for listening with us. These next few minutes together can change your life, and you can always hear more by visiting edyoung.com. Enjoy the message. I got these new glasses. How do you like these? My, my prescription changed, and so I, I got fitted for these, and I really like them. I'm trying to get used to them. I can see way, way back there, and I have a hard time like looking at the Bible and reading that, but you know, the glasses are okay. Have you ever been to one of those steakhouses that have the soft serve ice cream machine by the salad bar? Have you ever been to one of those? Those, those are interesting places. The drill is you eat the fat steak and then after that you reward yourself with some ice cream. I doubt seriously, and we have a soft serve ice cream machine here, I doubt seriously that someone would just go directly to this soft serve ice cream and bypass the beef. I mean, I don't think that really happens. Well, if you're a kid, it does. You know, kids are immature, they don't know, but I love soft serve ice cream. I love ice cream, it's my favorite dessert, it really is. Mm. I love it. You know, in our, in our culture today, it seems as though a lot of us are doing that. It seems as though a lot of us are bypassing the beef and we're just eating soft serve ice cream. Especially when it comes to truth, especially when it comes to today's topic because at, at, at Fellowship, we're not a ice cream serving church, we're not. We serve the beef, the keto diet, the protein of the Word of God. And sometimes it's not always popular. Sometimes it can be offensive. Sometimes you feel like, whoa, that, that kind of hurts. I feel that way and I'm, I'm the pastor. I'm just teaching and telling you what the Word of God says. We have to understand the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is offensive. It's not always easy to stomach the gospel because we have to admit that we're sinners. And that's tough for someone like you or, or someone like me to do. Then we have to humble ourselves, turn from our sins, and receive what Jesus did on the cross. That's, that's a tall order for any human being for any sinner. Yeah, throughout the ages, I, I think it's interesting how we have tried to come up with all of these different systems in order to alleviate our sin nature, to, to alleviate our responsibility. Because think about it, when sin is introduced into the equation, all of a sudden we have this major responsibility on our lives. I mean, what do, we, what do we do with sin? Yeah, we've come up with these sophisticated systems to mitigate our sin nature, to mitigate guilt, to mitigate conviction. And, and throughout the ages as you study world history, you can, you can see that. Well, in today's world, we decided to build a system, I would argue wokeism, 
which is basically soft serve ice cream. And then, and then the scary part about it is, if we just serve this and eat this, it can really, really mess us up. Wokeism, a lot of people are scared to talk about it, wokeism. I mean, some of us here would go, oh, I'm, I'm anti-woke. You might be in that crowd. I'm, I'm not woke. No, no, not me yet. Others of you would be like, I'm just dazed and confused about the subject. <laughs> hey, I'm here to tell you, it is confusing. I've, I've taken a deep dive into it over the last several months, and it's, it's hard to even for me to wrap my brain around. And, and, and I understand you're, you're, you're confused. Still others would go, uh, I'm sort of woke, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a Christian, but I'm not a racist and, and, and I'm against anything that, that has that kind of hint about judging someone because of their skin color. And, and so maybe, Ed, I'm kind of splitting the difference and still others here, others would be woke. You're like, you know, I'm woke. I talked to a guy yesterday in a coffee shop when I was studying for this message. He recognized me and I've talked to him a couple of times and, and he said, you know, Ed, I'm on the far, far, far left. I said, cool. I said, you know, I'm studying wokeism. He goes, man, I, I would really be interested in that. So I understand and we're gonna have a conversation, an open and honest conversation about wokeism. I'm gonna argue God's side of the equation. When I Googled what it means to be woke, Check this, check this definition out. Woke, someone who is alert to injustice in society, especially racism. I read that, I go, that's me. I'm someone who is alert. I've got new glasses on too. I'm alert to injustice. I'm, I'm definitely uh, uh, for justice, right? And especially racism. Is there racism in the world today? Yes. Is there racism in our culture today? Yes. Are we against it, those of us who are Christ followers? Yes. So that sounds good. Everything's good. I guess I'm woke. Well, don't jump on that train so fast, Ed, because here's what wokeism does. I would argue it's sort of a religion. Wokeism takes terms that we're familiar with and they redefine them. Because what is racist to a woker would not be racist to those of us who were Christ's followers. What is social justice to the woker is not social justice to you and me. And here's where it gets very, very confusing. Like any cult though, they're cults out there. They take terms that we're very, very familiar with. They redefine them. A definition that, that I've come up with after reading a lot of brilliant Christian thinkers and also atheistic thinkers who are non-woke, here is what I've come up with. What is wokeism? It's an authoritarian worldview hmm, that seeks to deconstruct the foundations of our Christian faith by overwhelming, overpowering, and overthrowing those who 
do not adhere to its ideology. Wow. That's, that's pretty heavy. I hope you got that down. And the reason I have a message map is for you to take that and study it. That's what wokeism is. If I had to define wokeism in one word, paganism. If I had to define it in another word, pride. If I had to define it, if I had to define it maybe in two words, it would be moral superiority. Based on, check this out, race, gender, and sexual orientation. So the moral superiority is if I'm woke, you're not. I am tolerant, but it's really neo-tolerance. I'm tolerant because of someone's race, because of someone's gender, because of someone's sexual orientation, and you're not. I'm woke, and you're not, and if you're white, Oh, you're even worse because if I'm woke and you're not, you can never, ever be redeemed or forgiven of your sin of, air quotes, racism. Now the gospel tells you and me, of course, we're sinners saved by grace. Once we, as I said earlier, turn from our sin and receive Jesus Christ, our sins are forgiven, cleansed, power washed, not in the cult of wokeism. You're done. It's over if you're not woke. Wokeism is like this plant, kudzu. You ever heard of kudzu before, kudzu? It's all in the, in the south, it's in other places. It's an invasive plant from China. It grows up, it grows down, it grows here and there. Wherever you turn, it seems, there is wokeism. Corporations are pressured into being woke. Our educational system, not all. We have some awesome teachers and leaders here. Many, many, many of our schools and universities are woke. Sports, woke. Even churches are woke. Lisa and I were in Puerto Rico we were keynote speakers at this retreat. 75 pastors of the largest churches in North America were there. And I was sitting at a table with, with some of the pastors and I said, I just thought I'd spice up the conversation, you know? <laughs> I go, uh, hey, tell me what you guys are doing about wokeism. Are you talking about it? <laughs> no, no way, man. I'm not talking about that. It's just too controversial. Uh, I, I, just, I just preach Jesus, you know, I, I just share the gospel. That's what I do. I, I, Ed, you know, I don't want to do anything to turn anyone off. And they go, how about you? I go, oh no, I, I talk about it because people need to hear about it. I believe it's a satanic strategy. It's like trying to nail ice cream to a wall, but it's out there, it's, it, it's real, it's about pride, it's about moral superiority, it's about unforgiveness, it's about intolerance. So yes, I talk about it and then I thought, I wonder why so many churches and so many pastors don't talk about it. Number one, fear. We're fearful because 
pastors, you know, we're very insecure. I know I am. We want to be liked. I want people to like me. I really do. So I'm not going to say anything that will be a little bit controversial or offensive, but then again, I told you a second ago, the gospel is offensive. Think about that. You're a sinner, separated from God. God did something by sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins and rise again. So that in and of itself is, is offensive. So most church leaders, and you can see this on Instagram, social media, other, other platforms, they're afraid so they don't talk about it. They're afraid of getting unfollows. They're afraid of the heat. And they're afraid, you ready for this, that people will leave their church. That's just, that's just why many of us aren't talking about it. And furthermore, a lot of us don't wanna do the homework and take a deep dive into it. You see, if I didn't take a deep dive into this, I would be like, yeah, uh, yeah okay, well, whatever, I hear you. But I'm telling you, it is a seductive, satanic strategy. And this is much bigger than being a Democrat or Republican. It's much bigger than government. It's much bigger than this and that or whatever. This is not some series where I'm trying to wrap the Bible in the American flag. No. This is a satanic strategy because in this strategy, just, just, just take a panoramic view here and have your prescription lenses on. The enemy himself is attacking all of these institutions. Just think about it. He's coming after you and me. I'll say it again, he's coming after the church. I'll say it once again, he's coming after Christ followers. And we see how this has played out. So we have a definition of it. We see what culture says about it. Face value, yes. Now we see what the real deal is. How though did we get to where we are? One of the things I'm gonna answer, I'm gonna try to answer as I do this overview opening talk, what is wokeism? Again, it's old school paganism. Again, it's about moral superiority. I could throw in two, you can throw this in. It's about reductionism. Reductionism, what's reductionism? I'm reducing you, that's what the wokeists say, just because of the color of your skin, your race, and let me stop here and say this, race is a man-made construct. Let me say it again. Race is a man-made construct. I have a great friend of mine. He's African-American. It's a great place to clap. I'm not gonna let wokeism seal this, but I have a great friend of mine who's African-American. And, and, and we, we were talking about our lives and, and his name's Melvin. I go, Melvin, I wanna ask you a question. When you see me, do you say, oh, there's white boy, Ed. He goes, no, I see Ed. I said, well, when I see you, I don't see, hey, there's black Melvin. I don't, I don't. The whole skin color thing is so, is so ridiculous. If you take, for example, a white guy like me and compare me to, let's say my friend Melvin, African-American, it's 0.012 difference in our makeup. I'll say it again, does that make sense? A 
0.012 difference. The only difference is he has more melanin in his skin than I do. So, so the wokesters are gonna do that. Has the sin of racism been in effect? Yes. Was it hellacious what has happened in our culture in the past? Yes. Are there instances of racism today? Yes. But I'm here to tell you the cure is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I've thrown out some things about wokeism, moral superiority, reductionism, it's old school paganism. How in the world did we get here? A friend of mine who's not a believer, I was talking to him in his store the other day and we were going back and forth and he was like, Ed, what's happened? I mean, and he talked about his kids and the schools they were attending and, 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 and what they're involved with and he's trying to protect his, his, his young teenage daughter. He goes, Ed, how did we get here? And so I gave him sort of a quick history lesson that I want to give you, right, right uh, uh, rapidly. But first, let me read scripture. It says in Ephesians chapter five, verses 14 through 15, I gotta take these lenses off, wow. Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful, that's what we're doing, then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Let's throw out some names. Karl Marx. Frederick Nietzsche. Sigmund Freud. Karl Marx was a God-hater, atheist, he basically tried to tear apart the foundations of Christianity at every turn. His whole thesis was the world is made up by the oppressor and the oppressed. He wrote the Communist Manifesto. He breathed, this is paradoxical, the free air of London while a multi-schoolionaire friend bankrolled him. He spent his time in these British museums that were probably like coffee shops, theorizing. Well, here's the problem. Marxism has never worked. Study history, 110 million murders have occurred because of wokeism. But back in the day, it was called Marxism. But that's the engine that that drives it. And what happened was people were all up in Marxism. Oh, this is the way to go. This is it. But then word got out about what was happening in Russia and what was happening in China. So a lot of the adherents jumped off of the Marxist train like rats off the Titanic. And they jumped into critical theory, the Frankfurt School, I'm talking about the 1800s, the 1900s. And, and, and then they began to follow Frederick Nietzsche, who, who was a nihilist, meaning 
life is just absurd. He's the one that said God is dead. And then he concluded it's all about power. It's about a power trip. We're just dogs in heat. We're spawning salmon. The strong survive and everything is a power game. So we have Marxism, socialism, communism. Then you mix that up with Nietzsche and you have this this whole power trip. And then later we throw in Sigmund Freud. Sigmund Freud said everything's about sex. We're just sexual creatures. Everything is sex, 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 sex. Why are we just one click away more and more from the sexualization of children? Why are elementary schools having drag queen shows and and these pornographic books for kids? Two words, Sigmund Freud. Nietzsche was not a believer. Freud was not a believer. Now, and I'm, I'm giving you just the, the, the broad brush of this, because it's like kudzu. I can chase rabbits so easily, and they are telling me I only have three minutes to go. So, so you have this kudzu, and you have Marx, and you have Nietzsche, and you have Freud, and, and now you have this critical theory and this postmodernistic vibe which says truth is not absolute. Take professors. They grew up in the psychedelic 60s. I'm being general here. They're also some wonderful Christian professors. But just think about this for a second. Brilliant satanic strategy. These psychedelic 60s uh, men and women now are professors at colleges and universities, let's just talk about America, across our land. Are you, are you feeling me? And they've cut their teeth on this. They believe in this. They're anti-God. They're anti-Christian values. They're anti-absolute truth. So here's the game in academia. And academia always leans left. You gotta publish. You see, if I publish seven papers in seven years, I'll get tenure. So these communistic colleges have these professors who publish papers, and the papers do not have to be grounded in reality. I repeat, it could be fantasy file. It could be, and it is, crazy, ludicrous, and I'm not talking about the rapper, ludicrous theory. That was funny. (laughs) So they get published, and then they get tenure, and while they're doing all this, they're teaching your kids and mine. It's like a mission field, the colleges. All of this pablum. All of this Marxism. All of everything Nietzsche talked about. All, All the stuff that Freud talked about. And now, this postmodernist mentality, there's no absolute truth, now people receive it, believe it, take it in, and now they're heads of our corporation, from Nike to Patagonia. Now they own sports teams. Now they play for different teams. Now they're in the educational world, 
and you see where we are. It's that simple, but we've got to study this and own this and realize that we have the answer. And what's the answer? It's in these glasses right here. We have to adopt, see that? Adopt a biblical world view. Parents, I cannot imagine what you're facing with your kids. One of the keys is adopt a biblical world view. In other words, I'm built, you're built to put the lenses on of the Lordship of Christ and just like when I put these new lenses on, my perspective totally changes. I can see way back in the back. I can see the lights on the camera. I can see our media team warning me, stop, you're over time. I can see all of that now, but if I do this, I might go on for hours. My identity and your identity is in Christ. It's in Christ. I'm not going to allow on my watch wokeism to define me because I don't have as much melanin in my skin as my friend Melvin. I'm not gonna be judged by being a heterosexual male who's been married for 40 years. You know, we had Pride Month, why not heterosexual, monogamous Pride Month? Well, I planned to go through this whole thing, but I'll just blame the media, guys. Because that's what the wokists do, you know, there's always someone to blame. I mean, it's not my responsibility, it's, it's, it's it's, it's their fault. It's the media's fault. Those media guys up there, they played a cruel trick on me. One question. Do you wanna live like this? Or do you wanna live by the protein of the power of this perspective, the word of God? Would you play with me? Everyone, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for a church like Fellowship Church that has these open and honest conversations about about what's going on in the world. You've told us over and over how the enemy has schemes and methods to, to thwart the cause of Christ. And it's my prayer right now, Father, that if there's someone here and you've never, ever, ever asked Christ to come into your life, that you've never given your life to him, that you would do so, that you would simply say, God, I admit to you I'm a sinner. I turn from my sins and I turn to you. I ask you, Jesus Christ, to come into my life. I give you everything. If you prayed that prayer, It's the best thing you'll ever do. And God will show you as you grow what it means to adopt a Christ-centric worldview. Others of us here, we need to have an openness 
to this worldview. Maybe you call yourself woke. Maybe you're dazed and confused. Maybe you're like, I'm not sure which side. I just ask you that you would commit to make all of these installments as we just talk openly, biblically, honestly, graciously about the beauty of real diversity. I look across Fellowship Church as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed and I see so many, many people from so many different cultures. And that's the body of Christ. That's what we should be all about. But here's the great thing. We're one because of Jesus. And Lord, I thank you for that. And I pray over the ensuing weeks, God, that this church prays for me and our team. And I pray that we would begin to make decisions as we adopt our worldview from you. We ask all these things in Christ's name. Thank you for listening. And thanks to all who give so generously to this ministry. It's because of you that we can continue this show and equip people with the hope of heaven. You can click the link in the description to support the show or visit edyoung.com. There you can also be resourced with bonus content for free, including a daily devotional. We also encourage you to share the message today with those around you. Thank you again for listening. God bless.